Hey guys, welcome to Let's Fucking Talk. I'm Lauren, and I'm actually in a different closet in my house. Um, <laughs> I realize that I have another closet that's actually, like, smaller, so the sound might be better. I don't know, I'm just a closet explorer now. Hi, Sage. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, anyways... On today's episode, we have an interview with Dr. Peta Stapleton. She actually is a doctor and researcher out of Australia. Um, I found her on Instagram, where I find (laughs) most of the people I speak to on here. And I basically found her, which you'll you'll hear this story in the episode, but... um, I found her through someone else that I follow, and we talk about a method of therapy that's commonly referred to as tapping. Um, I highly recommend you look up a video of this because there's no good way to explain it to you over a podcast and not video, but essentially, you take your pointer and middle finger on both your hands and you tap different areas of your face and your uh, collarbone your wrist and from what I saw online it was supposedly like a method of helping anxiety and I will entertain anything that claims to help anxiety if you tell me to tap dance I'll tap dance so I started looking into it and eventually found Dr. Pita, and I wanted to talk to her because she is one of the leading researchers of this method in Australia. Um, So she does an amazing job of explaining the actual science behind all of this and um, kind of takes out the the woo-woo strangeness of what it looks like on Instagram. Um, And when this podcast comes out, I will be posting a lot of amazing uh, material that she shared with me, so look out for that. And that is all. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Peter. Hi, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So for our listeners, you are in Australia I am in sunny Queensland, which is a lot like California for you guys. Okay, perfect. So we had some confusion setting up the call because it's you're like on a different day than me. We are worlds apart. (laughs) Absolutely. It's amazing technology can connect us though. Yes, absolutely. I'm so thankful. So I actually discovered you because of a uh, woman on Instagram who focuses on tapping for anxiety relief and she one day reposted your page Mm -hmm. and um not to take away from this other woman but you are a licensed practitioner so I really wanted to 
speak to you and get some more understanding. Um, so I myself struggle with anxiety and I've done some CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy in the past, mm -hmm. but I have never heard of tapping until I found it on Instagram. Um, now it's on your page as EFT. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what that stands for. So I'd love to know that first. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So EFT stands for emotional freedom techniques. We call it tapping because it just describes exactly the technique, which I'm sure we'll get into. And it's been around for about 45 years. So that name came about from the originator and obviously where it was sort of put together. What we've been doing for about the last two decades is a lot of research in the area. So myself and a lot of colleagues um, in the States and in England, where we're trying to prove how this tapping technique actually works. So ultimately, for anyone listening that might be new as well, what we're doing is we're just stimulating acupuncture points on the face and the top part of the body. But mm -hmm. instead of using a needle, we just tap with two fingers on these acupressure points. And we now have like two decades worth of research that actually shows what it does to your brain, what it does to your body. And then, of course, lots of, um, you know, emotional concerns like anxiety or depression or my research area is food cravings. So we actually help people lose weight by tapping. Yes. So in looking at your research website, I did see that you specialize in um, obesity and managing hunger. So mm. that's so interesting because I have had a few guests on who are in the um, fitness and nutrition coaching world, and I would be willing to bet that they've never even heard of this process. So we'll mm. start with the, um, the weight management piece of tapping first. How does tapping correlate with any kind of weight management? Yeah, good idea. And in the beginning, we were wondering the same thing. So we certainly weren't setting out to prove it. We were just curious as to, I wonder if we could have an impact. What we decided to do was obviously people that might struggle with their weight due to not having um, long lasting willpower, like over food. So if you kind of get home, you've had a hard day, it's been stressful, you know, not being able to resist, you know, hitting up the ice cream or the cookies or whatever it might be. So right. we taught, we taught people how to do tapping on their food cravings, the foods that they felt were really difficult to resist. So we actually applied the technique in that we were able to reduce their cravings. So think of cravings as just an anxiety response as well. It's just anxiety in the body that is really hard. And when you eat the food, the anxiety goes away. So we taught them how to almost lose the desire for the foods. So as we did that with lots of different foods, and they often come to us for eight weeks, two hours a week. So they get 16 hours of tapping. They tap on a lot of different foods. When they don't have any willpower anymore to stay away from those foods because they genuinely have no interest, they lose weight over time. So that's sort of the correlation, if you like, that if you tap on a food and then you don't have to worry about willpower because you just go, I don't feel like eating it, you tend to over time make better food choices. Plus we can help people use tapping to increase their interest in fruit and vegetables or, you know, drinking more water instead of soda and things like that. So we've done 15 years research now. We've even done brain scan studies, um, cortisol stress studies, the full works to show how tapping not only reduces a food craving, 
but lasts over time. We've got two-year follow-up on some of our trials that show the food cravings don't come back. So I think it's the best thing out there as far as if you wanted to get rid of a food craving or even lose some weight, I would absolutely look at adding tapping to whatever else you're doing. So interesting. Now, besides the studies that show a studies show the end result. So this person did X and then the result was Z. But what is the Y in between? Mm, What, what is happening in the brain? So for anyone who doesn't know, I'm, I'm kind of speaking about tapping um, maybe too generally because I've, I've seen videos of it, but it's literally, like you said, using two fingers and kind of going through a series over how long would you say a usual session is? Yeah, so we use it therapeutically. So if, you know, mental health professionals are trained in tapping and they normally see a client for an hour, they may use tapping for a good 40 or 45 minutes of that time. When we teach people in our trials, we say to them, look, even if you only do tapping for 10 minutes once a day, you get an accumulation effect and it absolutely just helps you, you know, either stay calm in a moment, process something that just happened, let go of something. So it can be as quick as just five or 10 minutes of tapping we might typically kind of spend an hour or so with a client if we're you know doing something a bit kind of deeper emotional work that sort of thing in therapy and look I'm I'm happy because I know you're saying we're talking about tapping generally just for listeners that might be new we take those two fingers and we tap on these acupressure points and certainly if anyone wants to grab a free handout there's one on my website where you can see where the points are or watch a video because it is quite easy to do and it's self-applied. So you, once you learn how to do it yourself, you can do it at home. You don't need to necessarily book in, pay money, see someone unless you wanted to do something a bit deeper. But even a food craving could respond in 10 to 15 minutes and you'll never eat that food again, which is what we've been showing. That's amazing. Okay, so back to my question. Yes. Do we know what physically ha- or physiologically happens in the brain that links tapping to these reduced cravings we do so harvard university initially did a 10-year study in the states where they looked at all the acupressure points in the body based on eastern medicine uh, and they mapped them in an mri machine so they actually were able to definitively show that we have acupressure points that are like a density of neurons and that's what you know a chinese acupuncture person might put a needle into We also now know that when you stimulate a known acupressure point with a needle or with tapping, the amygdala, the signal goes from the acupressure point back to the amygdala, the stress center in the brain, and it actually calms down. So we can see that with other techniques too, like meditation or being mindful or doing deep breathing or something like that. But that's actually what we see when we have someone in an MRI machine and they might have acupuncture or tapping is the amygdala as someone's focused on their concern, becomes quieter in activity, which then what that means is the person themselves says, I feel calmer or I feel more relaxed or they might not connect so much with the issue that they were focused on. So we actually definitively know now that that stress centre in the brain has a direct relationship with the stimulation of those acupuncture points. I love that I'm already... We're only a few minutes in, but I actually have an understanding now because this, I, I'm hesitant to um, say her name because I have some questions about some of the ways that she um, claims tapping can help. So 
until we get to that part because we might speak not negatively but we might um contradict some of the things she says so i don't want to say her page but this woman that i follow she's it's very like aesthetically pleasing it's just a cool page and she loves to do the tapping and i'm very like woo woo spiritual like you can convince me that crystals help like i'm into all kinds of weird things <laughs> but um she through the tapping i just have had a hard time getting on board just because i'm like what am i looking at what's <laughs> going mm. on so that's why when she reposted something of yours i was like oh this is a a scientist a researcher a doctor so mm. that's what i wanted to know that the scientific backing of what is actually happening because I didn't even know that those were acupuncture points. So all I'm watching is this woman just tapping her face, which I did one um, little session where I just followed a video that this woman had posted and it's relaxing. And simply because it's almost like a meditative state, mm. um, but I couldn't really understand the, the bigger picture or the science behind it. So I very much appreciate you diving into that. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. I think I think you're right. We're trying to bring a bit more science to what we now know works. Exactly. And I mean, psychology in general is basically the newest science we have um, as far as for how long it's been studied for. Whereas, you know, biology, um, space science, that stuff started with cavemen. If if you really, you know, brought in your perspective, but yeah. psychology is so new in general. So sometimes these things that look a little suspicious just haven't been brought to light enough. Yeah, I agree. Is there any correlation between uh, hypnosis therapy and tapping? Because I, I see it used for similar things. So quitting smoking, uh, uh, food cravings. Is there any correlation or it's really two separate things? Like you just hit on the word, which I think really explains it well, that tapping can be quite meditative. And sometimes when people, it only works when you're in the present moment. So it actually doesn't work if you're distracted. You actually have to focus on what your problem is in order to engage that part of the brain to then do the tapping. So at that level, people might feel like they do get quite meditative and even in like an open trans you know kind of uh, trance state or hypnosis and we do have studies of EFT where we measure EEG brainwaves so we hook people up and get them to tap and find out what happens there's actually a video of me on my own YouTube channel with um, of an EEG headband on and I'm tapping and you can see my brainwaves on the screen behind me changing so we do know that what we get into if you were to do traditional hypnosis and quite uh, slow wave theta delta kind of brainwave states you can get yourself into the same state with tapping there's been some research that has compared tapping to hypnosis as well as emdr which are other known strategies that will help behavior change at that deeper level and tapping is equivalent which is a good thing that it, it's equivalent it gets the same outcomes what i like is we've just got more options for people now with enough research and science behind them they can feel confident that it's not it looks a bit woo-woo but it actually is quite um you know rational and <laughs> logical and it does work so it's absolutely comparable and as effective as a lot of those other strategies out there using something similar yes and just like you said even hypnotherapy is very uh, still considered woo-woo science and mm. i had a therapist on a couple weeks ago who specialized in hypnotherapy because 
previously on my podcast, I had discussed my own experience as a patient receiving hypnotherapy, mm. and I did not have the tools or the science to explain it in a way where it could sound logical to someone because the just the, from the way it's perceived, it does sound like this weird, potentially scary thing where someone is putting you half to sleep and kind of tooling with your subconscious mind. So that's not very comforting to someone who hasn't done research and doesn't understand these things. So yeah. I think it's so important that people like you are diving into these, um, maybe we can call it taboo sciences, but that really have like very profound impacts. And like you said, are something you can do at home, which is so beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about tapping for anxiety. Um, that's been a huge topic on this podcast, just because that's something that I've struggled with. With tapping, is there different methods of tapping for different concerns or it's actually the exact same recipe if you like or the same eight acupressure points that we use for every single issue out there all we do when we're doing the tapping is change the words we're saying to fit exactly what it is that we're either thinking or feeling in the moment which makes it easier then if listeners were to do a quick google you're going to find millions of videos out there on tapping because there's a there's a lot of I guess community groundswell and popularity through various um, you know organizations where it is actually out there in that kind of community psychology area and quite popular sometimes when you watch those videos and I know Lauren you said you have you might see variations in the points people tap on or uh, even kind of extra little skills that might be in that tapping and we call those hybrid versions of the original method and it's not to say that they won't work because people have obviously you know, as a practitioner, experimented, found something that works really well with their clients that might be a bit of a blend of different things. What we say is all of the research is done on the original method, which is eight points only. The only thing we change are the words. And really, we want the science and the scientific community to really accept the research around the original method so that we can then one day do research on hybrid methods. So I'm just sort of putting that out there in case someone has a look at what we do in our videos and then has a look at someone else and says, oh, how come they're doing something slightly different? It doesn't mean it won't work, but all the research is actually done on that, um, what we call clinical EFT, the original method. So, yeah, the only thing we do is change the words that we're saying. And what correlation does speaking these words have to do with the tapping Mm. So the speaking of the words, and you can do it inside your own mind, it doesn't need to be out loud. It is the part of the technique that engages you with your issue, which can feel a little bit counterintuitive in a world of positive affirmations and trying to reframe how you feel and trying to think differently. In tapping, we actually say, no, we want you to think about your problem. We want you to get in touch with that anxious feeling in your body. Can you tell me where it is? Which can feel initially overwhelming to someone that's tried to push it away or ignore it um, and certainly in different kind of disorders that's a common strategy and we're saying no we need to engage that part of the brain that's got the the issue here or the level of distress it's the tapping on the acupressure points that will reduce that so that's the only thing I want to put out there if someone starts to 
tap along with a video online and feels like when they engage with that distressed feeling, e.g. feeling anxious or stressed, it can feel quite strong because you might have been trying to ignore it for a long time and the minute you actually connect with it and give it a rating out of 10, it can be overwhelming. It's the tapping on the pressure points that calms you down. So it's just sometimes we do hear from people that they've had a go at tapping and they say, oh, that thing doesn't work. It made me feel worse. But normally what's happened is they've tapped with a video online and they've aborted the technique because they engaged with the the distressed feeling and they haven't finished tapping because it's actually the tapping that will bring that down and calm. So, yeah, so I'm just sort of putting that out there in case people are new. Um, it's it's a myth, if you like, um, that it actually keeps the distress high. It doesn't. It makes it come down. Okay, so this is going to get a little bit away from tapping, but I'm so glad you brought that up because, first off, this mystery woman that I keep referencing <laughs> one day posted a video that she got this surge of messages after she did a uh, a tapping video on her Instagram live feed. She got this surge of messages that people were saying, why are you bringing up negative ideas? Mm. Um, and she made a whole post and not even just related to tapping, but I could just so strongly relate to everything she was saying because this positive affirmation movement Obviously, there's nothing negative behind it because it is, in fact, positive, mm. but it is it could be potentially dangerous or misleading to someone who is newly on a journey to self-awareness and healing because healing the right kind of healing quite often does not feel good. You have to go through past traumas. You have to visit your anxieties. You have to visit all these things that have to be healed. You can't just ignore all past traumas, ignore any anxieties. And just today, I'm going to say positive affirmations 10 times a day, and I'm going to be healed. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So what is your experience just in general as a practitioner in psychology doing therapy? What has your what can you say to that and how important uh, getting into those bad feelings is for healing? Yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying um, and agreed affirmations. There's nothing wrong with those. They can be a band-aid though and take a very long time to work because if your unconscious is giving a different message based on childhood experiences, trauma, like you say, that is really what's driving the ship here, not not the conscious mind so that's why affirmations can appear to take a very long time to work because they're just not getting into the deeper message and it is the most common question I get asked whether I'm at a conference or I'm doing a workshop or clients you know individually they'll say why am I saying the negative because we're not used to acknowledging we're used to trying to cover that up or put on a brave face or look for the silver lining or whatever it might be and what my answer always is to that, which does seem to get through to people, is in tapping, we're not asking you to say the negative. We're asking you to say the truth of how you feel. All we're asking, we're not asking for anything negative. We're just asking you to acknowledge exactly how you feel, which is your truth. And then it's the tapping that will help that. And that seems to make sense then because people go, oh, actually, yeah, I do feel really angry right now. And it's like, it's not negative. It's just your truth. That's exactly how you feel. And that is the one thing you need to think 
or remember when you start tapping, which we can then obviously use variations and styles of tapping to help process deeper traumas or childhood experiences. Um, but it is the most common question because people do think what we're saying is something really negative and they often say, well, can't I do positive tapping? Can't I tap on the same pressure points and say things like, you know, I'm successful and I am, you know, I easily attract money or I'm in a happy, loving marriage or whatever it might be. And of course we do positive tapping, but if you tap with those words, but you don't believe it because there's other beliefs underneath, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. So we only do positive tapping after something has been cleared and someone's distress level or belief is obviously no longer true for them, then we might finish with some rounds of tapping on how it is that they would like to now be in the future, which has a much greater strength of being able to connect there into the unconscious. It's a great question. Got it. Awesome. Now, you were mentioning before that specifically for the um, weight management tapping that you specialize in, there's typically a 16-hour program. Um, do some people need to do multiple rounds of that? And does that time frame change when you're talking about different issues? Yes. So that time frame, funnily enough, we needed normally we would only do a four week program and we've actually shown that four weeks compared to eight weeks is actually identical so eight weeks just allows you to tap on more foods but the reason we had to make it 16 hours was we compared tapping to cbt and of course you can't do a cbt program in four weeks that's just unheard of so we actually had to lengthen the tapping program which was not needed to match CBT so our participants got randomly allocated either to CBT for food cravings or tapping so funnily enough that's actually why we had to do it but it can be a lot shorter it doesn't need to be we've done clinic lots of clinical research on post-traumatic stress disorder worldwide and all of the research indicates only six to ten sessions are needed of tapping one hour typically per session for people not to meet diagnosis for PTSD anymore so Wow. Different issues, yeah, that, that is a wow because CBT is, I can tell you, 18 to 24 sessions minimum. So we get those outcomes in way less than half. So we always do sort of say, look, if time and money is an issue, then tapping is actually a better alternative for a lot of people. So depending on issues, like we've done cigarette smoking trials, depression trials, and again, it's somewhere between six and ten sessions uh, for some of those kind of, you know, diagnostic sort of conditions or even addictions, that sort of thing. But then other things, we've just finished a chronic pain trial worldwide and six weeks only and people don't meet criteria. They don't have any chronic pain anymore. They don't have that sensation of pain. And that chronic pain could have been around for 18 years for some of ours. So we had hundreds of people just finish a trial six weeks only. It's pretty wow. good. Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. Um, mm. So... Now, I want to kind of be clear for anyone who's listening. We, You mentioned that you are able to go online and find videos and do these things on your own. Um, what do you really advise as far as what things maybe they should reserve for a professional? Like, I'm worried that someone's going to listen to this and try to handle their childhood trauma mm. um, with tapping from a YouTube video from who knows who. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. And always the disclaimer that if you need professional help, we absolutely, because worldwide there are trained, licensed mental health care professionals that are trained in EFT and we can easily connect people to whoever is in their area. couple of things. One, if you are fully aware you did have things in your childhood that you know that, you know, you might like to use tapping to help process those kind of things. So you're already aware of those. I would absolutely recommend that from the get-go, see somebody and help and have them help support you in that the second thing is you might not have anything that is front of mind and you just sort of go I'm gonna try that food craving thing and absolutely in my videos you see because we do have the food in front of us so I say go get your chocolate bar or your cake or whatever it is and if in the moment you are tapping with the video just on something that even appears superficial or not a really big distressing issue But in the process of tapping, you think of anything earlier in life or something more distressing, then that is the moment to know I should go off and have someone else help me out with this. And I'll tell you why that happens. And sometimes it comes up fast because tapping works quickly, but it also comes out of nowhere for people. The amygdala, the stress center in the brain, lives next door to the memory center, the hippocampus. And what happens when the amygdala gets quieter, so you're tapping on your, you know, bar of chocolate and you're feeling less kind of, you know, um, craving towards that. And then the hippocampus comes up and starts to flood the brain with memories related to where that came from because it can, the stress center has quietened quietened down. So that's why when people are tapping, they suddenly might look at you and go, why did I just think? of something when I was five years old I haven't thought of that for 45 years and that is the reason why yeah so that's my other I guess you know red flag out that if anyone's listening and just goes the food craving could just be a food craving goes away never comes back you never think of anything else but if in any tapping even if you're just tapping on the feeling of stress in your body you think of anything else that could be deeper or at a much younger age that is your hippocampus letting you know where it came from your present moment issue, but also might be time to go have someone support you with that. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, obviously, I reached out to you because I thought tapping was interesting, but it just keeps getting <laughs> more interesting. It does. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How interesting. Okay, so this is where I will decide if I want to uh, say this mystery woman who I'm talking about because I just want to make sure that I'm promoting. Um, uh, factual and accurate things on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on tapping for manifestation? Manifestation itself mm. has gotten a lot of weird raps and it's kind of in the category of uh, positive affirmations where people think that all they have to do is wake up every morning and say, I am successful, I am wealthy. And then all of a sudden, boom, it happens. And I think there's action that has to come behind that and true belief, like you said. Um, So what are your thoughts on people who might be promoting tapping for manifesting money? And Mm. uh, it just makes me nervous. Sometimes there are people in the world who are very fragile that look to social media and look to people with a large following and believe things very easily. And I just think it could lead to some trouble if there's no real science or proof that through tapping you will receive money (laughs) yeah yeah I know what you're saying I 
I know what they probably are trying to do, people that are promoting the idea and, and obviously um, it is an area in life for people that can be quite stressful. So if there was an opportunity to try and have more money or abundance come back into their life, they might kind of be hooked in to follow that through. What happens though with um, the tapping for money area or the tapping for abundance is unless they fully understand that what they should be tapping on are, we call them family sayings that they grew up with around money and abundance and wealth and hours that you work every week and all those kind of, so beliefs, that type of thing, unless you're actually working through family patterns and releasing through tapping, why it is that currently in your life, you don't have a certain amount of wealth or abundance or manifestation or whatever. So interestingly enough, even though the surface might look like someone's trying to promote tapping for wealth and abundance or manifesting, even if it's the perfect partner or whatever it might be, what you're actually going to end up tapping on is probably deeply emotional childhood issues that set that pattern up. And sometimes people don't realise that's what they're going to get into in a program like that. And if that message isn't coming out and not being clear, it could catch people by surprise. So we teach, particularly because we run um, teenager school trials within schools and things, and obviously every teenager looks at me like I'm an idiot tapping on my face and I've got to find a, <laughs> find a bridge to build to them, you know. Um, <laughs> So we teach them tapping for goal setting, which is sort of a parallel area just to really show them how it might work. And we sort of say, is there a goal that you would like to have come true in your life? So you could call that manifesting or whatever you want. But what they are actually tapping on are the limiting beliefs or the roadblocks of why they think that goal possibly won't come true for them in a time frame or in their life. So they're actually not tapping on the goal. They're tapping on the roadblocks and some of those we'll go back to, well, yeah, I've been told this message in my family my whole life and I believe it or I, I have this belief about myself. So I, I always say the weight area, the money area, it's deeply emotional. It just looks like it's an issue with money or it looks like it's an issue with weight, but it actually can be really deeply emotional and in some cases there's trauma in the background. Okay, yes, very interesting. Okay, so... I've decided not to share sure. the person yeah, that I'm speaking yeah, that, of I'm good. <laughs> um, because absolutely she has the best of intentions, but I think it can get tricky and I don't want to lead yeah. more people uh, in that direction when they can look to you for resources. And I think it might be a little bit safer and more uh, transparent. Mm-hmm. Sure. You said something very interesting just now. You said that you are doing teen trials at schools with tapping. Yeah. Um, that's interesting to me because in the U S there is little to no talk about mental health in schools and they are surely not bringing in uh, therapists to speak on different topics. Um, the most we have over here is a school counselor and not to discredit those people, but they aren't getting into uh, just different areas and something as unique as tapping uh, is Australia more supportive or is this a program that you've had to like forcefully uh, try to obtain? How did this happen? Yeah. And it, it, it happened not through my intentions or manifesting. <laughs> so we had, we had been running all the weight trials. That's kind of my clinical area and we'd done some media. So the Australian media is actually 
quite open. I guess that's the Aussie sort of personality generally where they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give it a go, you know. So I was getting a lot of media attention and we were talking about how, how it works on a food craving in our interviews about anxiety and things. So out of that, some local schools close to the university reached out and said, look, does this just work for general anxiety? And I said, that's absolutely what it is. It's just a stress reduction tool. You're just reducing stress for food cravings or pain or whatever. And they said, oh, we have a lot of high academically achieving students who are obviously in accelerated classes. So they're bright academically, but they have incredible anxiety and perfectionism would you be able to come in and teach this tapping? So the first invitation came from this school and we said, okay, well, are you happy for us to, you know, run it as a trial and publish it so people can see and that was all okay. So we got permission from the school. We ended up having 204 15-year-olds go through that trial. And I know. So whilst they were really bright, they had a massive fears of failure. So we measured that. They had massive kind of self-esteem issues they had this real sense that they didn't have strengths that they had more weaknesses so we taught them tapping for six weeks we just went in once a week for 90 minutes the school allowed us to parents gave permission and I was kind of almost a bit like um your your kind of reaction Laurel going oh wow how come this is happening like wow people are actually letting us do this this is bizarre but we ran with it it was all good And of course, 12 months later, we followed those students up. They were still at the school and found that all the things that we'd impacted, like fear of failure and things like that, absolutely stayed like positively affected. So it didn't, it didn't come back. The fear of failure didn't come back. They were still the same as at the end of that trial. Most of them, of course, didn't do any tapping outside of the 90 minutes with us. And that was okay because we know that it works when they do it and it lasts. So from that, we had other schools because I guess schools talk to each other and they're like, yeah, look, there's this weird thing, but it seems to work. The students are all, you know, teaching all the other teachers how to do it. And we were getting all these stories. It was just funny. And so this was a couple of years ago now. We started to get, I guess, some interest. And some of that's driven by open-minded school leaders or school principals that have looked for other things or they've tried meditation and mindfulness but just don't find that that works for every student whereas tapping is quite physical and you can do it if you have ADHD or if you're distracted you can still tap on your face and whatever so out of that we physically did not have the manpower in order to be able to go to every school that was asking so we created an online teacher program and not that I'm trying to get listeners to necessarily um, explore it but it's called tapping in the classroom and oh I I want you want this. You can have Lauren Olsen. Please do. Set you up with access to tapping in the classroom. And it now is a 21-hour lifetime access, self-paced training for teachers to learn how to use tapping in a classroom from the little prep five-year-olds right through to seniors before they graduate for all different areas, different applications. There's videos of kids doing it in the program. And we've now had about a thousand teachers around the world go through that program many here in Australia but we have had some in America as well and they give us feedback that once they do the training and they can of course connect to us through an online group they know how to do it we're not teaching them how to be therapists and they're not using it for trauma it's only classroom use but the feedback is that when the teacher does it or a whole school you know gets all their teachers to do the training they're having massive impacts. Some of them are even tracking changes in academic grades based on 
tapping before a test in a classroom or before a little exam. They all do group tapping in the class. Then they sit the test. Then they do some tapping at the end just to let it go. And the grades of these students are getting better. So it, it's quite a phenomenal movement that it kind of has occurred of its own accord. We're guiding it, but it wasn't my baby that I was trying to create. But but when I look at it, my whole family are educators and teachers. So I'm like, I was probably destined at some stage to go in there. But it it is rolling out. It is happening. I promise you. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm so glad you mentioned that a couple of people from the US have done it. I'm like, okay, mm. how do we get more? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And we'll certainly um, set up some access for any listeners with, you know, a discount if they'd like to explore that. And it's relevant. It's relevant for parents too. So the program could be done by a parent that has their own children at home. It doesn't have to be a teacher. That's amazing. Okay. Awesome. Um, so I know you um, have a busy schedule. <laughs> So I really appreciate you coming on and enlightening us about these things. I will link it when the episode comes out, but I would like you to share anything you want to promote. So your website, uh, your Instagram, anything like that. Thank you. Yes, we're on all of the social media. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, just Peter Stapleton. So P-E-T-A Stapleton. My website is peterstapleton.com. There's an ultimate tapping guide for free on that website. So if someone wanted to download, have the tapping points as an image, understand what you should be saying. And of course, there's videos there that you can watch me tapping for stress. So there's a video there, uh, as well as some other other ones there. I'll absolutely give our listeners the links to tapping in the classroom with a discount code that they can use lifetime access, like I said, and if that is of benefit to any other young person out there, by someone learning how to teach them, um, we would love that to be sort of shared and things like that. But I'd love to hear from anyone through any of the social media, Instagram included, um, of what they thought of today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Peta. We will talk soon and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thank you. Bye-bye.